Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. This is our first episode for week 17, uh, Monday of week 17. That is February 6th of 2023. Uh, I'm your host, Karsten. And of course, since it's a Monday, I'm joined by our Monday co-host, as well as my good friend, uh, Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing today? I am doing good, Karsten. It snowed a bunch yesterday, so I spent a long time digging my car out this morning. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, we had a good day anyway. Just got back from swimming for, with my wife and baby. There you go. That's yeah. sounds like a great time. How did the how the baby do with? I'd imagine you just have have him in a little floaty and just hangs out, or <laughs> we just hold him. But yeah, he he enjoyed it. This is only a second time. He got a little chilly by the end of it, but other than that, he had fun. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, that's good. My yeah. uh, one of my nephews is like deathly afraid of the water. And so I'm glad you didn't have to. Oh no, he likes the, it. <laughs> deal with the screaming and the, all that. So uh, no, that's great. You know, I had a pretty relaxing weekend. But as always, I'm excited to get back to the show, get back to what's going on in the NBA, and uh, we have a doozy for you today, as far as the news specifically, but also games themselves. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, we'll start as we always do with our five on five. We have two games from Friday and three games from Saturday to talk about. We'll have some additional stats from other games as well. Um, as always, Wyatt, feel free to interrupt me with any points you have as I'm kind of running through these uh, these stats and these games. And we'll also have things outside of just the stats to talk about with a couple of these games. Um, but we'll waste no more time. We'll get right into it. Uh, Phoenix Suns win on the road in Boston against the Celtics, 106-94. Uh, and that's a big win for them, a team that's starting to kind of find its rhythm again after a, a big slump. Um, Celtics had the first lead of the game, but once the Suns took the lead, they never relinquished it. I can never get that word right for some reason. Uh, our largest, our largest, their largest lead was uh, 20 points in that game. Um, Who were you four, cheering for there? Christy? Yeah, I, I know. I'm <laughs> letting my allegiances slip here. Um, no, yeah, for the Celtics, it was Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, as you'd expect, 27 points for Brown, 20 for Tatum. Uh, two more guys in double figures, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon. Meanwhile, for the Suns, they had five guys in double figures, uh, Sarge and Ayton, both with double-doubles, points and boards. 25 points for Bridges led the way. And again, the Suns, uh, you know, continuing to build some more positive momentum. Uh, the Celtics sort of in a struggling stretch in a sense for them. The last couple of weeks, they've still been, you know, winning a little bit more than they've lost, but not to the same degree as they had been doing all season. And we'll have a little yeah. bit more to talk about. Six that and four in their last 10, just to throw it in there. Yeah, exactly. So. No, thank you for that. Um, this this past week they were one and one, and they only had a couple games. But um, yeah, not not as hot as they have been. But we'll certainly uh, have more to talk about with that with our power rankings. Um, but regardless, a nice win for Phoenix. Next, let me reopen the NBA website because I'm a dunderhead and uh, closed <laughs> it <laughs> after. For all you Avatar fans out there, I've been watching. <laughs> I've been watching through Avatar again. And uh, forgot how awesome of a character Toph was. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a great series. Oh, absolutely! I actually recent, like reasonably recently watched Korra. I watched it like last summer or something. See, that's I haven't had a chance. I think I tried to watch like the first episode one time, but that's one I probably want to 
you know, sit down and watch through because I've heard it's not bad. But... No, it's it's pretty good. When I first started it, when it originally came out, I was like, eh, I don't like this because it's it's pretty different from Avatar. Right. Yeah. And in a lot of like, I guess the the style. But my second time, I really liked it. Gotcha. I, I mean, that's that's on the list. That'll probably be next that I check out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know action shows and fighting being involved we got a game where there was um i'm trying to you know be master of segues here um, <laughs> there this game if you knew nothing else about this game the orlando magic in minnesota against the timberwolves they win that game 127 to 120 um <clears throat> the headline on the nba website magic depth earns victory over wolves while they needed that depth both teams needed depth because five guys got ejected from this game for a fight <laughs> And uh, it was, you know, I don't know all the specifics. I saw replays a few times, tried to figure out what happened. Best I understand, Austin Rivers of the Timberwolves walks over to the Orlando bench, says something to either the bench in general or to Mo Bamba in particular, one of those two, who knows. Um, Mo Bamba takes offense to it. He stands up off the bench and swings at Rivers. Rivers go, you know, pushes back or, you know, whatever it is. Jalen Suggs of the Magic swings in and throws Rivers to the ground. Almost kind of looks like maybe he's trying to break up the fight, but it was pretty aggressive. Uh, Torian Prince gets in the mix as well. Uh, and so does Jaden McDaniels. And those were the five players that were all ejected from this game. Kind of a wild affair. Again, we'll have more to talk about that with the news segment, but um, definitely something that both teams had to get past, and uh, Orlando just able to to play through it. I suppose they get the win in this one. Um, <clears throat> for the Timberwolves, uh, D'Angelo Russell led the charge there, twenty nine points and ten rebounds. Strong game, nineteen five and five for Anthony Edwards. Uh, see three other guys in double figures, including Luca Garza, 17 points. He's been a nice two-way contract for the Timberwolves. Uh, but for the Magic, they had seven guys in double figures. Um, Cole Anthony with 20 points off the bench and eight rebounds. He was a big minutes guy. And I, I'm surprised he doesn't get more minutes. This is a Magic team with a lot of younger talent. He, he was very impressive last year. Hasn't gotten as big of an opportunity this year with Fultz playing more minutes. But um yeah, the Magic, nice balance attack, get the win. Um, how much more to say for that one? Uh, why anything as far as these two Friday games? Had you, I'll, I'll maybe just focus on that fight. Had you seen that on like, you know, social media or YouTube or anything like that? I actually, I actually hadn't. And, you know, my Instagram is 90% basketball highlights. So I'm a little bit surprised by it, but <laughs> I didn't see it. No. Right. No. Yeah. It was, it was wild. And, um, it's interesting that that was just the day after the uh, Cavs Grizzlies fight that happened. It was uh, not as big of a thing. There was only two players ejected in that one, but to have those back-to-back nights, it's almost like it's the the eighties again, and we're getting fights every <laughs> night. Right. But um, yeah, with both of those, we'll have a little more to talk about with the news. Let's jump to our next game. This comes from the Saturday slate. Um, the Brooklyn Nets winning at home against the Washington Wizards, 125 to 123, without the services of Kyrie Irving. He had sat out this game with an quote-unquote injury, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> who, who knows uh, this coming just, you know, later on in the same day or later in the week where he had already requested a trade reportedly. Um, so he sits out this game and the Nets get a huge game from Cam Thomas, the second year guy. And the Wizards actually held big leads for much of this game. The Nets rally back to win this one. Um, and again, Cam Thomas with the big game first for the the Wizards. 38 points from Kristaps Porzingis. Nice scoring game from him. 10 and 10 for Gafford. 23 off the bench for Avdia. Uh, but for the Nets, in just 29 minutes off the bench, Cam Thomas scores 44 points, five boards, five assists on wow. stellar shooting percentages. Yeah, and 29 from Edmund Sumner getting the start as well in place of Kyrie. Both those guys able to lift a kind of depleted net squad to a victory. Um should we let's see maybe we can get right now because we'll talk about the official news with uh Kyrie in just a moment and we'll have more thoughts on that but talk about um the culture of just this moment this day or two where Kyrie's requested a trade he hasn't been traded yet and now you have guys trying to win games Durant's still injured Simmons didn't play because he's injured as well you know this Nets culture as it stood in those days what do you think that would be like I, I don't know if this is a great question but as a player as, as a teammate of these guys what do you what would you be feeling in this situation yeah no I think you bring up a good a good scenario at least uh you know I am pretty impressed with the the Nets bench is you know really what it is for the most part Mm -hmm. uh because you know Kyrie's one of those guys that you know similar to like Jimmy Butler he's not always been like a uh a favorite I guess for like as far as locker room uh conversations and stuff go there Mm -hmm. seems to be drama that surrounds him decently often and so you know to have this come off the heels of him requesting to trade uh is pretty impressive for these guys because I don't think he's was probably being very supportive or pleasant at all. And then of course, you know, KD and Ben Simmons are injured, which sucks, but I'm sure they were, you know, at least positive and like cheering the guys on. Um, yeah. So it's it's impressive for these, you know, these guys to show up and, and get a win. I mean the um the Wizards aren't the greatest team this season, but it's still it's still a respectable win. Yeah, no, certainly. The, I mean, I hear what you're saying. The Wizards, not a great team, but they're not a slouch of a team. You know, there's still right. some guys who can give it to you. Um, and yeah, Durant and Simmons seemingly a lot more, you know, committed to this particular team. It's interesting that you brought up Jimmy Butler. I think that brings up a great point. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's been talk in the past with Butler's kind of locker room um, uh, presence, I suppose, kind of what you alluded to. And I think you know those have been substantial points but since he's been in Miami we haven't heard a ton of that because it seems maybe he's found the team that he wanted to be on it was kind of right finally his fit whereas it's an interesting contrast to Kyrie you know Kyrie was one who um picked up his his option you know it was a lucrative contract so regardless of where he's playing it's hard to say no to that kind of a an option and continue to make that money but he was the one who signed with Brooklyn just, you know, a few off seasons ago. This was mm-hmm. similarly his kind of pick. And now he suddenly wants to be out. And it's odd right. that, I mean, he's been in some 
pretty great situations. He was obviously in Cleveland with LeBron. He was in Boston where he was the main guy with a building, you know, young team. He's been with Brooklyn now with Durant. And for whatever reason, he's not been satisfied. And it's not just, oh, the end of three or four years, he's unsatisfied. It seems like every so often it comes out, maybe he wants a trade, maybe he's unhappy. And it's just odd. You know, again, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say this was this is his hometown. Like that was one of the big, the big. I guess at least people speculated it was one of the big motivations, uh, for him to go to Brooklyn and go back to his hometown and, you know, hopefully be a part of winning them a a championship. And then, yeah, he's (laughs) like in a very good position to do it this season if KD and uh, Ben Simmons can stay healthy, and then he just jump ship i don't know yeah well and that's the the most bizarre part of it for me if you know durant was still playing they would probably be undoubtedly a top five team in the nba certainly top three in the east Mm -hmm. the way they were playing they were phenomenal and then you know irving has a few weeks of durant being out and now suddenly he wants out of the situation just bizarre uh but ultimately, yeah, again, we'll talk a little bit more about Kyrie in just a second. It's kind of the big news of this weekend of NBA uh, action and news, excuse me. Um, but regardless, this game alone, big win for the Nets. You talked about it for these guys to step up and a lot of them playing heavier minutes than they're used to. Definitely a nice win for them. And that's a great, uh, you know, positive momentum swing for the Nets in kind of a, a weird situation. Um mm-hmm. Let's talk more on that, you know, making a change for the better. And this was something I actually watched most of this game. I was super happy to see this. The New Orleans Pelicans end their 10-game losing streak. They win against the Los Angeles Lakers, 131 to 126 in New Orleans. Um, Of course, still in the header on the NBA website. Doesn't matter. I mean, it mentions Pelicans end 10-game slide, semicolon. LeBron, 36 points from record. I mean, that's yeah. always going to be the story. But, um, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Lakers had solid games from both LeBron and Anthony Davis. They played well. Uh, Westbrook, a decent game off the bench. Um, you know, it was 34 points, 14 boards for Davis. 27, nine boards and six assists for LeBron. 15 points for Westbrook off the bench. But for the Pelicans, uh, they got a you know, six guys in double figures. Brandon Ingram had his best game yet from his, you know, few games back from injury. He had 35 points, uh, 23 for CJ McCollum, 21 for Trey, Mur- Trey Murphy, the third, he had a, a couple of threes back to back. I think it was third quarter that really kind of helped the Pelicans create some separation and solidify, you know, a victory. Um, Alvarado, Grand Theft Alvarado off the bench, 18 points, four boards, continues to be that energy guy and a a nice fit for them. I'm curious why he's not starting along with CJ. That's maybe a conversation for uh, Pelicans fans to debate. You know, they probably have a little more nuanced view of that. But um, yeah, big win for the the Pelicans. I'll just kind of say for the Lakers – it's interesting, Hachimura, you know, only eight points in this game. He's still probably finding his fit on this team. Mm-hmm. Why have you seen on, like, social media some highlights of Kendrick Nunn in Washington since he's been traded? No, um, 
I saw a highlight of him recently. I can I'm trying to remember if it was with the Lakers or with the Wizards. If it was a poster dunk, I'm guessing it was from the Wizards. Okay. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it was it was a poster dunk. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it was you know, since he's been traded, he's had two or three of those like mm-hmm. and it's on social media and everyone in the comments is like, "Of course, as soon as he leaves the Lakers, he's doing this." <laughs> right. If you look at his Lakers highlights, he had like some some badly missed shots, and you know they're always complaining about it. I uh-huh. mean, we we don't know the you know real positives or negatives between the two organizations and two locker rooms. Just kind of a funny note, but um, right. Well, I saw some trade rumors. You know, maybe we're going to talk about trade rumors later, but of <laughs> Russell Westbrook maybe to Utah, and to I've Utah. been thinking, yeah, I've been thinking like, how do we keep that from happening? But then I'm yeah. like, you know, maybe he'll have this kind of breakout, you know, because he's been really good in the past. So maybe like he leaves the Lakers and turns into a phenomenal player. But it's it's possible. Uh, I think it would be. I mean, you know, my feeling, I I don't really hate Westbrook, the person, and I like what he's doing off the bench. I would be opposed to that. fit, And plus, it doesn't really make sense for the team. Right. As far as. Yeah. It's a rebuilding. Young, young. Yeah. Talent. Um. But, you know, I think as much as a lot of Jazz fans probably wouldn't want Westbrook, I think even more Westbrook would not want to come to Utah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's an interesting point. And yeah, we, we might have some time to talk about trade rumors a little bit later. But there's, you know, Westbrook's a name that comes up. Lakers, of course, a big focal point for that conversation. And that's maybe a factor as far as, you know, they lose to a Pelicans team that was struggling and Hachimura maybe isn't that one piece. Maybe they need to make some moves. But regardless, a nice win for the Pelicans, um, able to get off the schneid there. Let's jump to one more Saturday game. This is our the last of our five-on-five. Five. This was our only overtime game of the weekend. And the L.A. Clippers were in uh, New York against the Knicks, and they were able to win in overtime, 134 to 128. Um for some reason, no box score data available, huh? NBA. <laughs> That's very interesting. Oh, apparently that game didn't happen. <laughs> they, uh, you know, the NBA offices are based in New York, so uh, yeah, maybe this is their way of saying, you know, we don't, we don't agree with that result. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. Okay, now it loads. Um. Yeah, there was a big shot apparently from Nick Batum. I'll be honest, they didn't catch a lot of the the plays or highlights from this game in particular. Um, Clippers led pretty substantially throughout. Knicks took their first lead of the game in the last couple minutes. Uh, Clippers, fortunately for them, were able to still force overtime. They build back that lead and they get the win. Um, for New York, strong game from Jalen Brunson. 41 points. That's got to be in his top five career scoring games, maybe even a career high. Uh, along with seven assists, 28 and 11 for Julius Randle, 14 for RJ Barrett. He struggled a little bit um, and the team didn't have a ton of offense to find along with him. Plus uh, they still are without Mitchell Robinson due to injury. Uh, Jericho Sims started in center, at center in place of him. Uh, meanwhile, for the Clippers, it was Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combining for 65 points. Zubats with 13 boards. 24 points off the bench for Norman Powell. And that's kind of the way it's been structured these last couple of weeks where the Clippers have been best. 
you have George and Leonard being very dominant and productive. You have Powell off the bench, high scoring, and Zubats eating up the boards inside. And that's been a recipe for success for the Clippers. Um, maybe we could talk about the Clippers for just a second. Bit of a spoiler for our power rankings. Both of us have the Clippers in our top 10 for this week or uh, at the end of this last week. Um, why? What made you uh, put the Clippers in your top group? Uh, you know, they've they've really kind of picked up lately and they've been one of those kind of sleeper teams this season you know they have a they have a really solid roster like you know paul george Kawhi leonard uh you know some veterans on here like reggie jackson and some great you know i mean i'm looking i'm looking at their roster right now and i am like oh yeah they have like a lot of really great people but they haven't been like i don't know real showy about i guess (laughs) like when you think about the top teams in the NBA this season, the Clippers have never come to mind for me. But now I feel like they're kind of really sliding into that role of being one of the uh, great teams in the West come playoff time, maybe finding their groove a little bit better. So that's that's a big reason why I, I moved them up. I feel like they're figuring things out. I feel like they have the talent to be you know, a top team. And you know, seven and three of their last ten games. That's pretty that's a pretty good record, I think. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I would agree with that. And probably part of it is something we've maybe mentioned briefly in the past is the sense that much of the season you'd have Paul George and or Kawhi Leonard for a game, maybe two games, and then yeah. they would re- <laughs> they would rest the next couple games, right? And right. so they over this last stretch, I think they have had both of those guys playing consistent minutes. They're maybe still not playing back-to-back games, but they're playing more often than not up to this point. And that's probably been the big difference because, you know, like you said, the roster, it's, it's solid around them, but when they're not playing, some of those guys get elevated and it's like, you know, the depth gets hurt and right, yeah. things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the standings, they've jumped up to fourth in a Western conference that's super hot, hotly contested. I mean, yeah, it's very tight. <laughs> you have, let's see, four through 13 are separated by only four and a half games, yeah. which is absolutely wild. I don't know if we've ever seen a Western conference quite like this, but yeah, the Clippers jumping up, certainly making themselves, uh, separating themselves from the pack in the West. And again, you know, games like this help them further do that against a good New York team. Definitely a big team win for them. Uh, yeah, so com- to the Clippers. Yeah, I would comment on the Clippers. Like, the sitting is too excessive, I gotta say, just while we're on the subject. <laughs> okay. Because, like, how do these guys, they, they gotta, like, start adding in the minutes like they are. And maybe maybe this has been the plan the whole time. But, like, come playoff time, they can't be sitting out every other game, you know? <laughs> Like they yeah. gotta they gotta be used to playing all the time and they gotta get in the groove of playing together all the time, you know, like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Because we saw in the in the finals a couple years ago, the two of them just didn't seem to work really, you know. Right. And when they were playing the Jazz, it wasn't until Kawhi got injured that finally Paul George has this breakout game where he scores like forty points. Right. You know. So they gotta start figuring that stuff out early which kind of looks like they are 
Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be pretty in the playoffs, in my yeah. opinion. No, I, I appreciate you saying that. Well, and it's still a concern. I mean, you know, maybe, oh, they're finding that groove these last couple of weeks, but we're more than halfway through the season. And <clears throat> you can look at it two ways. Maybe they get into the playoffs and because this is their third or fourth season together, they already kind of feel comfortable playing together and they're in a little bit more healthy shape in the sense that they don't have as much wear on their bodies from not playing a bunch of games this season. Yeah. Look at it that way, but you can also look at it, uh, you know, every bit is valid, maybe even more valid. And I would agree with this, that they don't have that, you know, kind of the well-oiled machine going into the playoffs and they don't know hundred percent what their team identity is. They've kind of had two teams the whole year. So I think there's there's definitely a risk, and it's something we'll certainly have to um, watch out for as the season come you know starts to wind down in the back half, and we get into the playoffs. That'll be something to keep an eye out for. Um, right, and as a fan, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna. And as a fan, it kind of sucks to have your stars sitting all the time. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I understand from an athletic perspective, like why they want their rest time. But yeah, yeah. well, and and that was a great point. It was actually. Uh, Rich Eisen, of all people, he's normally an NFL-focused guy, but he on his show he was talking about the Cavaliers. You know, in Cleveland, they've you know been hosting various teams, and they've have just kind of gotten the the raw end of you know three or four teams within the last month or two resting a bunch of star players when they go to Cleveland for whatever reason. Huh. Um, for some reason, that schedule, you know, they've gotten the back end of a lot of back-to-backs. I'm not sure exactly why, and so kind of focusing on that fan perspective of, yeah, it does suck when the, uh, you know, the star player, because maybe you're, you know, a fan of the Cavs, or maybe you just want to see your favorite player from another team. You go to the arena and then, oh, they're not playing because it's a back-to-back. It yeah. sucks, right? So uh-huh. that's probably something that le- lends itself more into, you know, conversations with the commissioner and, the NBA office people as they're trying to figure out continual changes to the scheduling, you know, it's something mm-hmm. that's been adapting a lot over the past and especially over the last five or 10 years. Um, you know, we've already seen our season starting a bit earlier. It used to start around Halloween now it's starting like mid October. Maybe they'll expand that further. It's hard to say, but um, yeah, maybe interesting yeah the clippers open up the whole pandora's box of you know this kind <laughs> yeah, of conversation no. <laughs> but, uh, we'll go ahead and leave it at that you know nice win for the clippers we'll maybe chat a little bit more about them with our power rankings uh, but that's our five on five drill let's let's give you uh a few more small stat notes from uh this weekend's games firstly on friday the pistons uh at home versus the hornets uh, Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran combined for 29 rebounds. Just wanted to shout that out. Again, we don't always get a chance to talk a lot about the Pistons because of their struggles this season, but um, nice rebounding for them. I like that, you know, big man core, especially Jalen Duran. I feel like he should be become a starter at some point soon. And, you know, he's got some, he's got an edge to him. He kind of makes me think of like a Ben Wallace type as far as the attitude and the physicality. You know, certainly got a long way to go, but I'm excited by what he brings to the table. Um, also on Friday, uh, the Trailblazers in Washington against the Wizards, they rallied from down 20 to win that game. And 
their backcourt, Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard combined for 62 points. Shout out to them. That's a great game. Um, on Saturday, DeAndre Ayton of the Suns had a big game against uh, the Pistons in Detroit. 31 points and 16 boards. Strong game for him. Uh, also on Saturday, we had a smattering of 40-point games. Four different guys scored 40 or more. Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and uh, Keegan Murray. No, Jamal Murray. Sorry. Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets. So shout out to those guys. A couple more items. Uh, on Sunday, the Toronto Raptors rallied from 15 down to win in Memphis against the Grizzlies. And also on Sunday, Trey Murphy the third and Willie Hernan Gomez both had strong games. They stepped up in a win versus the Sacramento Kings in New Orleans. So again, just some small additional things to note. I'm sure there's other, you know, good games like, oh, this person had, you know, double double and this and this, but we can't really focus on everything. So we just wanted to focus on those few items. And uh and that takes care of our six men. Wyatt, are you ready for the news? I am ready for the news. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about, as I mentioned. You alluded to it briefly. Of course, Kyrie requested a trade uh, just before this weekend, and a trade did go through uh, two days ago. Uh, the, the trade is this. The Brooklyn Nets are, have traded Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, a 2029 first round pick and two second round picks, one in 2027 and one in 2029. Um, that report it was originally from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. It was a Woj bomb. But now it's more official on the NBA's website. Actually, up till today, there was even some rumors that they might uh, delay the official like finalizing of the trade. If, to see if they could get a third team involved and add a few more moving yeah, parts. but I saw that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, ultimately they kept it the original trade structure. Um, why I'm going to let you talk about the Dallas side of this, and I'll focus kind of on the net side as far as what the outlook is for these teams going forward. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think for Dallas, this was a – obviously, you know, I think LeBron put it well <laughs> went on his tweet with uh when they were talking about Irving coming to play with them and he was asked like you know would they would they would he make it better and he was like duh you know and yeah. I think <laughs> ob- obvious obviously he will improve the Mavericks roster and I think that's a great move by uh Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks to bring Luca some help <laughs> because right Luca's kind of been you know, and and not completely, but mostly he's he's shouldering the weight of of bringing the Mavericks to being a top team in the Western Conference, and so having Kyrie is going to be huge for them. I also think it's maybe a better fit for Kyrie from a how do I how do I put this sensitively? Maybe a, a political standpoint. You know, okay, I I don't know. <laughs> you know, being in Brooklyn, I just think about him sitting out like forever because you know he he refused to get the vaccine and he was all adamant to okay. you know, just like non he was not complying with right uh, so you're talking Brooklyn's... yeah the political undertones surrounding the covid pandemic right. and vaccines yeah. and all that thing that attitude broadly would fit more with that Dallas and Texas demographics yeah, I mean, what you're saying yeah like Texas 
you know, it's Texas. People don't. I, I lived in Texas for two years. It, it's definitely a lot more uh, conservative, conservative place. And right. I think maybe Kyrie with his, I don't know if you want to call it paranoia or <laughs> like some of Kyrie's. His uniqueness. Pers- yes, yes. Kyrie's uniqueness and some of his personal choices and uh, mentality and whatnot. Maybe uh, Texas and being in Dallas with the Mavericks is a is a better fit for him where he doesn't feel like, you know, the world is against him, I guess. Yeah, oh, it's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. Thanks for mentioning that. I, I do also have a follow-up question. You know, mm-hmm. certainly it it's a, a move that helps the fan base. You know, they've been clamoring for help for Luca, and it's obviously right. a legitimate basketball concern. Um, but this is the last year of Kyrie's contract, so how do you think the Mavericks balance out that risk of he after the season, if it doesn't go the way he wants or he doesn't want to be in Dallas, he just leaves and signs with another team? Yeah, uh, I think that's definitely a risk um, that you know the Mavericks are taking, and I think that would kind of you know suck for them if if he just moves on as well. And I and I think it's possible too. Like I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Lakers were like, you know, because they were talked about being a potential landing spot for Kyrie. And so I wouldn't be as surprised if they're like, eh, you know, half effort to maybe get him here this season. But, you know, we may or may not even be in the playoffs. You know, let's just let's just work on some stuff and then make a serious uh, play for him when his contract is up. Gotcha. And so, you know, I could see something like that happening, but I, I hope he, I hope he sticks with the, the Mavericks. I think that would be a, a great spot for him. And, you know, hopefully him and Luca can find a good rhythm where Luca, you know, finally has some support and they can go on to win some basketball. Yeah. The pairing of Doncic and Irving would be, you know, very exciting or very dysfunctional, depending on how right. they're able to share they the ball. Kind, yeah, that's a that's one of those pairings. It's like they both kind of need the ball, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, we have seen in the past. I mean, I think of the uh, the early days of the Chris Paul, James Harden Rockets. You know, we thought they're two ball dominant guys, but they were able mm-hmm. to make it work. And so, you know, it could be that same thing uh, here. It could be you know there's a spectrum to it and we'll see how it all pans out but um i like what you brought up about the lakers i think that's a very you know good insight the lakers would be you know if they tried to make a move this season at before the trade deadline they're giving up further draft capital they're giving up whatever to try and you know win immediately whereas you know they have some time they still have anthony davis lebron will still be playing he's showed no, no sign of slowing down you know, make a play in the off season where you have a little bit more of a strong outlook and maybe you can guarantee Kyrie on the roster for longer. I think that's a great point. Um, certainly, you know, an interesting trade all around. Um, okay. So I guess, I mean, I, I said, I'll take it from the Nets perspective as far as the outlook for this trade. I'm going to sound kind of harsh with this. And again, I've been a big Kyrie fan for a long time. Uh, I've kind of fallen out of you know, love with his game and his, you know, who he is as a player in recent years. But 
I feel like long-term, this is probably a good move for Brooklyn. And again, that sounds odd because you're giving up mm. an all-star um, for, you know, some solid guys. You know, Dinwiddie, they bring back kind of an interesting note. He had been with Brooklyn for a long time. Um, you bring in Dorian Finney-Smith, who's a, you know, versatile, you know, kind of a, a, a puzzle piece that fits in and fills gaps in the sense of like he's a hustle player he can hit some shots occasionally he can you know get some rebounds things of that nature you get some draft picks which of course i think helps especially for a brooklyn team that at times in their history have been short on draft picks uh looking at you billy king but um for i just think that there's there was such a volatility and there has been the last several years with Brooklyn, you know, and it hasn't really resulted in a ton of playoff success. And it's always been a what if game, right? You know, mm-hmm. they, they, as soon as they brought in Kyrie and Durant, they were a top pick in the Eastern conference. And that year they were pretty good in the playoffs. I think they made it second round lost in the second round. And then the very next year was, you know, well, no, I, I let's see. I got to back up here. When they first got Kyrie and Durant, Durant had sat out that first whole year with injury. Mm-hmm. The very the very next year, they kind of fulfilled that promise. And then they added Harden to the mix. They were even better. They won a first-round series. I think they lost in the second round. Um, the very next year, they trade away Harden before the deadline. So now it's just back to Kyrie and Durant. They lose in the first round. Now it's this season. They give up Kyrie before the deadline. And it's just this, it's been a continual exercise. And, you know, if these guys are healthy, if they play well together, they're going to be a dominant team. And, you know, I think, so now they have Durant, who I'm not sure what his exact contract situation is. If you can surround Durant with, you know, a more kind of reliable, solid team, you know, I think the depth is still somewhat concerning with Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, you, you bring in some younger guys, but maybe you bring in a secondary piece that's not quite, you know, James Harden or Kyrie, but it's someone who's maybe sort of all-star caliber. I feel like that's going to be better all around for Brooklyn as far as being a long-term competitive team. And maybe I'm a bit kind of all over the place with this one, but um I just generally think it's going to be better. And again, I don't mean to sound so negative about Kyrie, but he's such a an unknown at this point. Every yeah. season, every season he gets a little bit more, you know, hard to pin down as far as who he is as a player both on and off the court. So, hopefully I didn't ramble too much. That's kind of my general takeaway for for the Brooklyn side of this. Yeah, I think you make some really good points and yeah, I hope Kyrie, you know, works on himself a little bit and grows into a really uh, dependable uh, player, you know, personally and professionally, because he's been kind of, you know, all over the place the last few years, like you mentioned. But I will say I'm a little disappointed. Like the Nets have been one of those teams the last few years where I've been like really excited to see him make a, a solid playoff run with a healthy roster and I, and I thought this was going to be the year where, you know, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving were going to be healthy in the playoffs and make a really strong push, maybe make it to the NBA championship. But, uh, yeah, that's not happening. So I was I was a little saddened by that. But, I, you know, of the outcomes, I'm, I'm happy that he ended up in 
in Dallas. I think that's a good landing spot. Yeah, no, I think it it can be. I think this could be a trade we look back on as a solid move for both teams. Maybe not immediately mm-hmm. for Brooklyn, but there's you know potential for this to be a good long term kind of restructure what their their team is all about in a sense. So yeah. yeah. Overall, of course, you know, I'm sure you've heard if you're listening to this podcast, we didn't talk about it until Monday. It was talked about all weekend. I'm sure you've heard five or ten different takes by this point. Hopefully ours has added to that conversation given a little more depth. But um regardless, let's go ahead and jump to the next uh item. Uh we'll probably next talk about Kyrie once he makes his debut. We'll see how that goes. Um Let's talk about a downer from uh, Golden State. So Steph Curry left um, their game Saturday night versus Dallas uh, with an injury. And we got some more clear news on that. He will be out with a leg injury until at least after the All-Star break uh, with partial tears to two different ligaments. Uh, I forget which two those were. They weren't like, you know, more ones we're used to hearing more about, like an ACL or an MCL. They were kind of a little more... Uh, you know, specific names. I'm sure why it's a little more familiar being involved in the the, the health fields. But um, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that again was per Adrian Wojnarowski, but that's all you know now official NBA news. So definitely devastating for Golden State. They had just gotten him back from that shoulder injury. He was playing well. Now they're out. He's out again. And this is a team that's still, you know, it's kind of. Where they've been all season as far as trying to make that playoff push, they're a little better. They're eighth in the West, but this will definitely definitely hurt their chances. Um, mm-hmm. Wyatt, have you found these specific names? I'm curious what they are. Yeah, so it's the superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane. Oh right, so, yeah, yeah. It is a little, a little it is a little. Uh, I mean, it's not the MCL, ACL, you know, ones we are meniscus things we typically hear of, but. Yeah, it runs up right between your the bones of your lower leg that that interosseous membrane does. So, and then the tibiofibular ligaments hold the two together, the tibia and the fibula. So, right. Oh, of course. I, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, Karsten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I uh, definitely appreciate Wyatt bringing the uh, the health knowledge here and a little more insight into his leg injury other than what the ligaments are called. So we appreciate that. Um, but yeah, definitely devastating news for Golden State going forward. Um, and we wish him the best as he works begins working on recovering from that injury. Um, let's jump to a little more of an update on that Minnesota-Orlando uh, skirmish that we talked about. Um, we mentioned that there were five players ejected from that game. It was... Austin Rivers, Torian Prince, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Jalen Suggs, and Mo Bamba. We now have suspensions and fines related to that incident. So Torian Prince, Jaden McDaniels, and Austin Rivers have been suspended uh, one game without pay, as well as Mo Bamba and Jalen Suggs for the Orlando Magic. They've all been suspended. Um, Let's see. Yeah, they've all been suspended one game without pay. Um, hmm. no, sorry, I'm misreading this. Erase everything you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at this. Okay, here's the actual suspensions Mo Bamba was suspended four games without pay, Austin Rivers suspended three without pay, and Sugg suspended one game without pay. Jaden McDaniels was fined $20,000. Uh, 
Um, the list I was reading prior was just those who were ejected. So four of the five face harsher penalties. Three of the five suspended at least one game. McDaniel's fine, 20,000. And Torian Prince uh, has no other penalties. So congratulations to Torian Prince. He didn't have any <laughs> further. Uh... <laughs> Good job. Yeah, way to, not, way to not get fined or suspended, dude. Way to ride the line of being violent but not <laughs> getting in trouble for it exactly very good um no yeah i mean as a as the resident old head of the podcast i kind of tend to like seeing the chippiness in games but at the same time i can't really endorse violence on the court. so <laughs> i'll just go ahead and move on we'll talk real quick about the penalties for that other skirmish the one from the day prior the memphis grizzlies cleveland cavaliers it was two guys, Dylan Brooks, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been suspended one game without pay for that altercation. Donovan Mitchell has been fined twenty five or $20,000 for those altercations. So um, those are the, the penalties from that. Um, we also have another note about the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a bizarre one, and I hadn't really heard about this till I found this for the news today. So the there was an NBA investigation into an event surrounding the Grizzlies home game against the Indiana Pacers on January 29th. Uh, And this investigation has resulted in bans for uh, at least a few people from FedEx forum and from Memphis home, home games. So this is the best I can summarize what happened. Reportedly acquaintances of John Morant potentially including Morant as well, he might have been a part of this group, confronted members of the Pacers' traveling party near their team bus in an SUV. So there's these group group of people, maybe John Morant's in the group, but they're certainly acquaintances of John Morant in this SUV. Uh, they pull up confronting this Pacers group near their Pacers team bus. Uh, reportedly, they pointed a laser at this Pacers group through the SUV. Um, and you know, uh, apparently the group, the members of this Pacers traveling party, you know, weren't sure what exactly this laser was. They didn't, you know, it could just be a little pointer laser playing a joke, could be a laser from a gun. They didn't know. So they felt, you know, at least somewhat threatened by what was going on. And so, and this came after, uh, stuff during the game apparently pacers players and friends of morant exchanged words during the game uh that came before this little incident outside Mm -hmm. of the arena kind of bizarre and it it's not like an isolated incident in the sense that sense that there's been a couple of things with like the people surrounding john morant and i'm not sure what exactly that is why there's been you know maybe more than just one of these kind of incidents with his his group but it's just odd i mean have you ever really heard anything like this why no it, it is really odd and then on one like in one vein i guess you know john Morant's 23 years old he probably has a bunch of friends that are just kind of goofing around you know like thinking they're there's mini mob or whatever i guess like <laughs> striking some fear into his opponents and you know i can see how it's just kind of like a funny thing like oh it's shining laser like you know it's really not that big of a deal 
but it's also kind of sad that like into in society today you know the pacers have to worry that they've got someone trying to snipe them or something you know yeah so the laser could be coming from a gun so you know i could see you know in light of unfortunate events and you know recent years why they're concerned but also it's like i don't know also not a big deal kind of is kind of really isn't i don't know <laughs> yeah well it's just that element of uncertainty right you know yeah if they, if they could see oh they're pointing a laser at us then it would be very easy to dismiss but you know i'm sure yeah. it's, you know darkened windows or you know kind of hard to see inside the vehicle probably at night you know you mm-hmm. just don't know and so yeah unfortunately i had to worry about that and just kind of odd that you know they're having to i think there was you know taylor jenkins the memphis head coach was kind of asked about it and he officially said you know the matter's been handled internally i almost imagine him like talking to john being like dude listen you got to get your friends under control like (laughs) what is going on (laughs) yeah so anyways we we don't of course know what's going on but that would just be you know funny imagining what would be happening but um yeah kind of bizarre uh let's switch to some more positive news for the phoenix suns this is something but something they've been waiting to hear for a long time devin booker is expected to return from injury tomorrow in Brooklyn against the Nets. Hooray for Suns fans. You finally get your, you know, multiple-time all-star, your scoring leader, your star player back from injury. That's going to be huge for Phoenix as they're trying to, you know, reestablish themselves as a top team in the Western Conference. So definitely, mm-hmm. you know, congratulations to them. Um, we just have a few more kind of smaller notes to run through real quick before we get moving on to some of the later stuff in the show. Uh, firstly, we had that game that was postponed a few days ago due to uh, travel concerns uh, because the Detroit Pistons were stuck in Dallas due to, to icing on the uh, the air airstrip. The NBA has officially rescheduled that game. Uh, the Washington Wizards in Detroit against the Pistons, that game is now scheduled for March 7th. So we have an official update on that. Good to see that's back on the schedule. Um, next, another Phoenix story. Suns president and CEO Jason Rowley has resigned amid allegations of a hostile workplace environment. Oh, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of a running story. You know, Robert Sarver, of course, seeking to sell the team because of that uh, conversation. There's been stories that it's not just Sarver, it's been other employees. So now mm-hmm. uh, Rowley has stepped aside as well. So kind of interesting to note. Um, we have another big time player trade request. Furkan Korkmaz has reportedly requested a trade. <laughs> Work on Korkmaz, the electric 76ers. He's barely played this season, I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest with you. But he, he's a shooter, and I think, you know, that could be a, probably not a big note for a lot of NBA fans, but Korkmaz is a solid shooter. He's a floor spacer, and he could provide some value to a team looking for him at the trade deadline. So a bit more intrigue as we go into the trade deadline, something worth uh, worth noting. Um, uh, Furkan, I apologize for my sarcasm there. That was That was rude. Um, a <laughs> couple of NBA stories, the NBA and the, uh, and NBA players association have both agreed to extend the early opt-out date for their new collective bargaining agreement to March 31st. Uh, we, they did this actually earlier in the season. Basically they're trying to, you know, collaborate and, you know, coordinate their figuring out a new CBA as much as possible. So they prevent a lockout from happening. So it sounds like talks are, you know, uh, productive on both sides, but they're just, you know, delaying that for a little bit longer to further 
help their talks in that scenario. Um, and then lastly, as far as our big news, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard have been named the NBA's Players of the Week in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively. Congratulations to both those guys. Excuse me for being honored. Um, they will certainly be in our conversation for weekly MVP. Um, and let's also check our LeBron tracker real quick to see where he's at. 36 points, I think, still. 36 points. It This should very well be the week that he will break that. Um, if we want to talk about upcoming games, well, we'll have mm-hmm. actually our game previews. We'll get we'll get right into that. Unless, Wyatt, did you have any comments on some of those last news items? No, let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Absolutely. So game previews for the week. All of the times I will give for these games are in Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we'll take you Tuesday through uh, Friday. Tuesdays through uh, Tuesday through Friday, those four days of NBA action. Firstly, tomorrow, Tuesday, we have six games and a TNT doubleheader on, at 7.30. The Atlanta Hawks in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Then at 10 o'clock, the Minnesota Timberwolves in Denver against the Nuggets. Then on League Pass, although this might have been flexed into a national broadcast uh, spot. Let me double check that real quick because they did do that Saturday. Um, so I think they might. Ooh, they've switched it. Yes. So scratch that Timberwolves-Nuggets game. That is now a league pass game at 9 o'clock. And now at 10 o'clock, instead of 10.30 on TNT, the second part of the doubleheader is the Oklahoma City Thunder in Los Angeles against the Lakers. So that is now a national broadcast game. And that could very well be the game that he breaks the scoring record. Definitely Mm -hmm. one to watch out for, along with some of these other games. Wednesday, there's nine games Wednesday, an ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, at 7.30, the Philadelphia 76ers in Boston against the Celtics. Classic Atlantic Division matchup there. And then at 10 o'clock, the Dallas Mavericks in L.A. against the Clippers, which could very well be the debut of Kyrie Irving in a Mavericks jersey. Certainly one to watch out for. Then League Pass at 8 o'clock, Sacramento Kings in Houston against the Rockets. I marked this one because of the uh, scrum that broke out the – one of the last times the Kings and Rockets played, I want to see if we have a little bit more of that with uh, that game coming up. And then at 10 o'clock, the Golden State Warriors in Portland against the Trailblazers. I believe I'd marked that before we knew the extent of Curry's injury. So no Steph Curry in that game, but let's see if Lillard can continue his torrid stretch of scoring that he's put up over the last couple of weeks. Then on Thursday, there's only four games on Thursday. We have a TNT doubleheader. 7.30, the Chicago Bulls in Brooklyn against the Nets, the new-look Nets. And then at 10 o'clock, the Milwaukee Bucks in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Again, if it's not Tuesday, then it would be Thursday where LeBron breaks the record. It would be against Giannis in that case. Maybe if you want to talk about remembering the game and legacies and all of that stuff that we talk about that doesn't really mean too much. If LeBron breaks it against Giannis, is that more noteworthy? I don't know. I think the record regardless. <laughs> probably, not. Is, probably not. The record regardless is pretty cool. But yeah, just something to note. Those are the two games where, you know, he's, I think he's going to break it in one of those two. You have to think. Right. And yeah. then. Uh, Unless he sits or something, but yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know, bar, barring the worst. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for those two games. Then on a Friday, we have 11 games, big Friday slate. ESPN doubleheader. Firstly, 730. Charlotte Hornets in Boston against the Celtics. 
Uh, imagine that's a pretty favorable matchup for the Celtics. Uh, no offense, Charlotte fans. Um, we'll see if they make it interesting. We'll, we'll have to see. And then at 10 o'clock, the Cleveland Cavaliers in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Pelicans have found their footing. Cavs trying to take that next step and become, you know, one of the teams in the East. They've been hovering nearby, um, but see if they can take another step. And then at league pass, on League Pass at 1030, the Milwaukee Bucks in L.A. against the Clippers. Uh, pretty notable matchup there. So, Wyatt, I'll give you the floor as far as games to watch out for. I imagine those Lakers games are probably going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the the uh, Lakers games, of course, uh, for the, you know, historic record breaking for LeBron James here. Uh, and then, you know, 76ers and Celtics, I think, will be a, a huge and very enjoyable game to watch as well. That would that would be near the top of my list. Um, also, I I've been looking at, you know, Mavericks and the outlook for. Kyrie starting and most of the reports say that he'll probably be starting next Monday on the 13th will be his oh. first game with Dallas. Hmm. Although one of these, you know, articles it can't be very no or uh, I guess reliable because it says that they're playing the Grizzlies, which they're not, they're playing the Timberwolves, which is what the rest <laughs> of the articles say, but there is one that says it could be the eighth, you know, Wednesday. Right. So, okay. So we've got, you know, there's possibility that it's Wednesday, but maybe more likely it's on Monday. Mm-hmm. I think I think that Woj had said that it could be Wednesday, but then maybe that was before they were delayed in finalizing the you know trade officially. So maybe that's uh, maybe maybe that's thrown off the timeline. But you know, sometime within the next week, we imagine Kyrie will make his debut. Um, yeah, like you, you know, Sixers Celtics is a great one. The Lakers games, everyone's going to be watching those. If I had to pick one more to highlight, and I kind of already highlighted it, Kings Rockets, you know, I, I've been kind of, you know, hopping on the bandwagon a bit with Sacramento and excited for their success this season. Um, but to see a little bit more chippiness, you know, with Kings and Rockets and thinking about the, you know, little scrum they had the last game. I'm making more of this than it ever really was. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's one I would highlight, just kind of an under the radar game to watch out for. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing another article that he could be Wednesday too, that he's supposed to get his physical today. So just a comment. Sorry. No, no, you're that. good. No, it just kind of you know, solidifies it's a little bit more up in the air. Certainly, I would hope we would have you know, maybe next show or the show after that will have more of a solid timeline as far as when he'll actually be able to make his return. Uh, Right. Yeah. So certainly stay tuned to that. Um, You know, watch out for that Mavericks game anyways, because it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, the Mavericks in action. They're still a a noteworthy team. Uh, See what Jan or what uh, Doncic can do. Excuse me. Um, Otherwise that takes care of our game previews. Let's jump into the, the meat of the Monday show. We've been probably a little bit longer than either of us thought would be up to this point talking about, you know, games this weekend and teams and the trade and all that. We've had a lot to get through, but now we're to our kind of bread and butter and what we're used to our power rankings. Uh, Why, as I've usually done, I'm going to let you lead this off as far as what your power rankings are looking like, and then we'll kind of compare. Okay. Yeah. uh, My power rankings were honestly pretty boring this this week uh i don't have any change in the top four celtics nuggets bucks sixers uh 
they all stayed the same. Cavs moved up one, uh, passing the Grizzlies, which, you know, if if you're following those teams, you're probably not surprised by the Grizzlies are in kind of a mini slump lately. <clears throat> um, and the Cavs are still, you know, doing, you know, all right. They they have they haven't been playing great either lately, but um, they're still winning half their games. Uh, other than that, I moved the Nets down a couple, just uh, you know, a little bit, kind of in prediction of how I think the team is going to go with the loss of Kyrie, and they were already trending down with Kevin Durant being out, so uh, they could surprise me. I hope they do by all means. Clippers, like Karsten mentioned earlier in the show, they moved up two spots. They uh, are kind of starting to show up and looking like they'll be a very strong team. Other than that, not a lot of movement. Uh, my bottom group's still the same. The The big middle chunk is like, you know, shuffled around a little bit, up one, up two, and, and maybe down the same amount. Really nothing too significant there. Um, you know, I could mention the Bulls moved up three spots for me, but, you know, it's not really... They didn't really do anything crazy that made me move them up. They're just doing what the Bulls have been doing all season long. The Suns moved up two spots, and I expect if they keep playing like this and with the return of Booker, they'll continue to move up a little more. I was hesitant to move them up too much because of the uh, slump that they'd been in all season, even <laughs> even before Booker's injury. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully they can they can keep climbing. Right. No, yeah, I, I'm, mine are kind of the same as you as far as neither of us really had a ton of, you know, volatility as far as, you know, big moves. You know, we've seen in the past like a team moves up six spots and we don't really have that this week. Um, and, and that's probably something as the season's gone on more and more, we have a, a little more of a solidified idea of what these teams are at. Um, but teams will make runs, you know, and I think we'll we'll continue to see some changes. And mine compare pretty closely to what Wyatt has, especially, you know, having big chunks. I mean, we both have, you know, like close to 10 teams that did not move in our power rankings at all. Um, For me, I did have a group in the middle that kind of stayed the same, although that's not too much different. Yeah, the Suns moved up three spots. They were my biggest mover. They moved up um, to number 12, so they're just outside my – top 10 surprisingly but they have you know improved their standing i think they're fourth in the west at the moment um so they've made some moves i had a bit of a change in my top group i had moved the uh sixers up to three last week after they had continued to be a standout team they were two and two this last week not bad but the bucks uh they've gone uh, you know undefeated in their last seven games excuse me so they just kind of moved back up they're a little bit more hot lately. And then I swapped my number one and my number two. I have the Denver Nuggets number one, I believe for the first time all season. They, they yeah, had, I think so. Yeah. They had only one more loss than the Celtics, but the same number of wins. And, you know, I mentioned a little, you know, a while ago in the, the same, the same episode Celtics are went one and one this last week while the Nuggets went three and one. They've over the last few weeks been a little more consistently, stellar and the Celtics have had a touch of a, a slip Celtics yeah. have a couple of injuries. And so for right now, the nuggets are one Celtics two, bucks 
three, Sixers four. Uh, Cavs and Nets both move up one. They're five and six. Grizzlies fall. They fell two spots. We You kind of talked about it as well. Their mini slump. They went 0-3 last week. So they're now down to seven. Um, yeah, Clippers move up. Kings improve by one. They continue to be pretty solid. Um, yeah, a middle group. Mavericks stayed the same. Pelicans, Warriors, Jazz, and Hawks, they all kind of stayed the same. And they all had, you know, like two and two records, two and one maybe. Um, Trailblazers move up. They were three and one. They went up two spots. I swapped my bottom two. The Houston Rockets I now have as the bottom team in the NBA. Pistons just above them. The, those two just swapped. The four above them are the same. Spurs third worst, then Hornets, then Magic, then Raptors. Not too much change there. Uh, Pacers fell one spot, but I anticipate the Pacers are going to start to move up again because they did get Halliburton back from injury. Uh, so that's something worth, you know, something worth keeping an eye out for. Pacers and Lakers both, I think, will make up a, you know, make a jump. If I want to, you know, do something, we haven't done a ton with this as far as predictions. I mean, Wyatt specializes a little more as far as his power rankings anticipate what he thinks might happen going forward. If I want to play a bit of that game myself, I think if we're going to see some teams move, it would be the Lakers and Pacers moving up and the Bulls and Wizards taking that spot. That's just my kind of anticipation of what could happen with that bottom group. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, pretty similar. Um, I guess maybe we could argue for just a, a minute about Celtics versus Nuggets, number one. What made you keep the the Celtics, number one? Yeah, I think I, I kept the Celtics largely because I think their roster is better well-rounded. Um, and, you know, coming off of last season making a championship run i think that they're just more suited to go farther although that is i i gotta i gotta give myself a little uh clause here kind of to cop out that you know the east is more competitive i would say than the west i i think everyone would say that this year you know the west has kind of their top dogs the nuggets and really it's just them now it used to kind of be them and the grizzlies but really it's just the nuggets like they're clearly the best in the west and you know the grizzlies are five games behind them so i could i could see how you know we could argue for nuggets being one as well because the celtics got to compete with the bucks sixers and maybe the nets being like right on their their tail and the Cavs are right there too so you know, it's it's a little bit tighter in the East, but I, I think the Celtics just overall all around team is a little bit more solid than the Nuggets. But you know, Nuggets are super solid too. So, yeah, you can look at it both ways as far as you know, the West being so close through like more than half the conference as it could be fairly competitive. But I would agree with you. You know, I think we saw it <clears throat> as far as last season. It kind of started to shift that way. For so long, the West has been the dominant conference as far as the better teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this season, you're right. I think the East does have the more competitive conference, the better teams overall. And that would probably be a credit to the Celtics. You know, they're holding their ground against stiffer competition overall across their schedule. You know, the way they're, the scheduling set up, they're going to play more Eastern conference games, especially against, you know, Sixers, Nets, uh, who were in their same division, uh, you know, 
Celt- Cavs, Bucks are just, you know, the next division over. So, so I think that's a, a very good point. If I had to argue Nuggets, I would just say, you know, um, you know, the record lately, but also the fact they have Jokic, who you could say is the best player in the world right now. He's averaging probably a triple-double. Certainly over the last month, he's been averaging that those kind of numbers. You know, the assists aside, he can still grab a ton of boards. He'll score for you, you know, and he affects everything that team does. So, but I think it's, you know, valid points. If we if we could do 1A, have a tie at first, I think we could have both those teams there. They've both been phenomenal teams. But um, mm-hmm. we'll, of course, have our, our power rankings, our top 10 especially, posted on our Instagram account, as we always do. Um, let's jump into uh, the last main segment of the show. Let's talk our weekly MVP. Uh, and we've got a number of good candidates again this week. Um, we picked 10 names to focus on as far as our top candidates. And we emphasize winning as well as statistical impact. Um, we won't name a player who doesn't have a winning record over the last week. Uh, we like to see a good plus minus, but also, of course, statistical standouts are important along with you know percentages. We're not quite getting into the super advanced stats, you know, uh, usage rates and things of that nature, true shooting percentage. But, you know, I feel like we have a pretty good you know, view as far as the most impactful and most impressive players from the past week. I'll give you the rundown of the players we have. We have Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, Jamal Murray, Jaron Fox, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Cam Thomas makes a surprise appearance, based, you know, big part helped by that last game against Washington, LeBron James and Mikhail Bridges. Again, all those players had winning records over the stretch. Um, why I'll let you take it away. First thoughts looking at this, who jumps out? Um, I gotta say the first, like kind of my immediate top pick after glancing through the numbers is actually Darren Fox. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, I am not a huge Kings fan. Like I don't really follow them like at all. But he put up some solid numbers this week. You know, thirty over 30 points a game his assist to turnover ratio was really good seven assists to one and a half turnovers his defense was stellar two and a half steals a game one block a game and keeping the field the fouls down to two and a half which is pretty good percentage is really good 52 percent from field 50 percent three point and then 87 and a half from the free throw line and played a lot of minutes almost 40 minutes a game so I think De'Aaron Fox, you know, he only played two games this week. So I guess that that is one, I guess, knock against him. But other than that, I think he had a phenomenal week. I, I'm really happy you said that. And yeah, if you had to dock it, it would just be the two games. But there's not really a weak point in any part of what he did this week as far as, you know, the statistics and the results speak for themselves Two and zero in the games that he played. Um you know, his assist to turnover ratio, that was the best of any of our players in this group. Mm-hmm. So that's especially credit to him as, you know, a point guard who's been known more of a score as a scorer than really a, a pure passer, but he's been playing a great team game and showing that it's not just Demonis Sabonis, that the Aaron Fox has been a stellar piece. Maybe he felt, you know, disrespected by the fact that he wasn't named an all-star when a lot of people had him in that mix in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, great name to pick 
I I got to go with Giannis as far as the name stands out for me. And there's holes here, but where he's he was stellar, he was really stellar, and he was you know what we expect from Giannis. They were three and zero in that stretch, forty one points per game, seventeen rebounds. I mean, you just take those two stats. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's already phenomenal. And he averaged almost six assists as well. Yeah, his turnovers weren't weren't bad, but they weren't great. He had about three turnovers a game. His defense wasn't as standout as far as you know the box score as we're used to. You know, yeah, point, point not three. what you expect from Giannis too. Yeah, not what you'd expect. Just one steal and one block total over those three games. His percentages about on par as far as you know, fifty eight percent from the floor, pretty good. Three point percentage a little low. Free throws not stellar. 65% from the free throw line, 23% from three. Solid plus minus, good minutes. I mean, it was a good Giannis week. It wasn't maybe the best we've seen, but it was very good. And the Bucks are right back in that Eastern Conference mix. So that's a name I have to highlight for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Is there another name that you feel like we should uh, we should campaign for as far as putting them in this mix for this week? Uh well I'll give you I'll give you two more that I looked at pretty heavily and and they kind of have similar stat lines and I just felt like they were they were similar to Jamal or to De'Aaron Fox's just a little less impressive and that's Jamal Murray and Damian Lillard both had uh pretty stellar stat lines all across the board uh per- percentage for Damian Lillard from the three was a little lower than um you know what you what you would hope to see him shooting, but you know, they both had very solid games too. you know, mid to high thirties in points per game, both of them about five rebounds a game and set seven assists. Damon Lillard, a little like half a turnover less per game. Uh, but Jamal Murray got, you know, closer to one steal per game versus Damon Lillard only had 0.3. Damon Lillard actually got a block in there though. Uh, over hey. the course of their four <laughs> games <laughs> and then personal fouls and percentages were all in good shape for both of them so th- those guys were are both on my radar too though you know they they have their strengths over De'Aaron Fox uh, especially in like points scored uh, but overall I think De'Aaron Fox has a solid more solid uh, argument for MVP for me than the other two but I and, and, you know, one point, I guess, in their direction, too, is, you know, Damian Lillard played four games and Murray played three. So that's that's a little point in their favor over De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, no, I think that's all fair. Those are all three pretty comparable as far as, you know, general stats. But, yeah, Fox probably stands out a little bit more than the rest. Um, you know, I feel I should also mention that of those three Jamal Murray does have the highest plus minus. He was uh, plus 19 average over those three games, which is pretty stellar. Um, You know, and again, all of these guys have straight weeks. I would like to shout out Anthony Davis. You know that I've been championing or uh, campaigning for the, the Lakers oddly more than I ever have for the season (laughs) for some reason. Uh Um, you know, Anthony Davis, they were two and one over those three games. He averaged 30 points, 12 boards. Defensively, he's right back to where he was before he got injured and missed that time. 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks. Percentages kind of comparable to, to Giannis. 
not as good of a plus minus. And, you know, I just want to give him respect as far as what he did, you know, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Giannis is still probably my main pick. I think Darren Fox is a great pick as well. And then I would have, you know, any arrangement of those guys following mm-hmm. them. Is that maybe your one, two as well, Fox and then Giannis, or do you have a different arrangement there? Uh, yeah, I'm torn. I'm torn between Murray and Giannis as my two. I I initially, uh, you know, had Fox and then Murray as my one two, but you know, Giannis has some stellar numbers too. I could I could definitely be swayed to having him as my number two. And just a comment, I gotta throw this in here. Not a serious vote, but Kawhi actually averaged forty minutes a game this last. Uh, you know, the last three games, which is, you know, a little unusual for him. Uh, yeah, definitely a great sign to see him, like we talked about a bit earlier, the consistent consistency with the minutes and being available. Right. Certainly big for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This is, so you're saying Fox and then either Giannis or Murray? Yeah, I mean, and Lillard's right there too. I mean... Mm. they're so they're all so close if i could sway you with our um voting our voting game that we play lillard didn't win did win last uh week so right true <laughs> we can yeah we can not be guilty about putting him aside if we want to play it that way. <laughs> but he'd have a great he did have a great week too i mean 38 points seven assists um pretty good percentages i mean yeah three point 38% is a little bit low, but mm-hmm. 98% from the free throw line. And yeah, he's, he's been on a great run. Yeah. He's, he's helped the trailblazers, but um, yeah, I don't know. I would probably say, uh, I don't know. I think you're swaying me towards Darren Fox. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's definitely my number one. Like, like he's, he's a clear number one for me. And then I have contenders for two. Yeah. Well, and it's, oh man, it's kind of, I'm maybe guilty of that. We go back to the voting game as far as Giannis, I'm sure will win it at some point this season, but he hasn't won it yet. Oh, hasn't he? No, this is our 16th week. We've yet to name Giannis a weekly MVP, which is pretty surprising. It's, it's shocking to me. I think he had, did he have 50 twice last week or he had 50 once last week for sure. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I feel like 41 and 17 over three games is, uh, I don't know. That, that Not, is pretty stellar. I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm swinging my way back. I think I got kind of a, oh, I don't know. This is, maybe uh, yeah. the, this is maybe the most torn I've been between Fox and Giannis. I'd say it's those two. Yeah. One of those guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, cause it, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say one thing that, you know, isn't surprising, but I would like to see Giannis improve, you know, besides three-point percentage. But, you know, that's that's like being a dead horse there. Mm-hmm. But the assist-to-turnover ratio is just not there for me. And as much as he plays like a point guard-type position, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though, you know, he only is kind of <laughs> a point guard, <laughs> I would like to see that percentage be better. You yeah. know, five point seven assists to three point three turnovers. You know, it, it's not bad. He he almost got twice as many assists as he did turnovers, but 
Yeah. No, yeah. it's a it's a fair point. And I think that's been the weird thing that's been over like in undercurrent throughout this whole stretch, whether they've been winning or they've been slumping, is he's been high on the turnovers for whatever yeah. reason. And it almost cost him in that game against the Clippers. So that's certainly a caveat and something to note. I'm just looking back. I'm curious who they played. So the Bucks in those three victories, they played the Hornets, the Clippers, and the Heat. So not a weak schedule. Um, I want to compare that to – we're getting really like fine-tuned with this. The Kings played. The Timberwolves beat the Timberwolves in overtime. Then uh, they – they play next they beat the spurs okay um and then well they lost to the pacers he i'm guessing he did not play in that game so i don't know this is tough and i i'm probably swinging back towards darren fox because again we talk about the turnovers with the honest higher than you might expect mm-hmm. um could have cost him in that clippers game and fox has that all-round game he did it all for his team you know, he stepped up a little more than usual. You know, maybe Sabonis was the secondary guy this week as far as willing the team to victory. Right. And, and it's only two games. I don't know. I think I'm I think I'm swinging towards De'Aaron Fox. What do you think? Right. I, I mean, he's my vote. I, I will say, you know, his last two games, not as difficult as a schedule as Giannis's. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's there's that to be said for the bucks but you know yeah my vote is still for for fox this week and you know we hate to talk like this way and have it influence our voting but you know like you kind of mentioned already Giannis is going to end up on here again yeah like he is every week and eventually we're going to vote for him <laughs> yeah well and it's but honestly it's been the same for De'Aaron fox he's been here multiple times and True. so he has been here multiple times. So I guess go- he's just never been a serious candidate for me in the, in the past weeks. Right. No, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it's true of both these guys. And again, like you said, we try not to think of it that way, but we do. You know, I think we are all kind of in that same boat as far as, oh, well, he can, he can win it next time, you know. But um, no, regardless, even putting that aside, picking between the two, you know, the numbers and rebounds, the points and rebounds are stellar for Giannis. But if you want to take all-round game and, you know, playing a complete package game in those two games, I mean, it's hard to vote against De'Aaron Fox. So I think I'll... Yeah, two and I, a half steals a game and one block a game Yeah, is pretty stellar. I mean, yeah, defensively stout. He's putting up points at an efficient clip. Yeah, He's Kawhi just, is, the, is the only one higher than him as far as defensive stats this week. Absolutely. And he's distributing without turning it over too much. He's not fouling a bunch. His team is, you know, plus 10 just about in those games he's played. He's playing plenty of minutes. He's playing nearly 40 minutes a game. I, I feel good about that. You know, you jumped on it right out the gate. I was back and forth. Um, but I think we'll go with that. Should we lock that in? Let's do it. Let's lock that in. And did we, we just... Did we decide a trophy name? Are we going with the Lin Sanity? <laughs> we did. Like I I did post it to the uh, the Instagram account. Did you happen to catch oh, it? Maybe I didn't see that one. Hold on, well, I was just on the Instagram earlier. 
No, you're good. While Wyatt is pulling that up, I'll go ahead and give that a plug as I'm writing this name on the trophy. If you want to check out our Instagram account, uh, it is crossover across time, all one word, no, no caps. And we not only post content relating to the show as far as power rankings, uh, weekly MVPs, such as this one that we've just decided, um, things of that nature, but we also uh, share, like and share content from the uh, entire league, all of the teams, uh, NBA history facts, things like that. So it's kind of your one-stop shop to stay updated on the NBA, um, in addition to the podcast itself, of course. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, we did officially name, if you didn't catch it, uh, and I think Wyatt's just found it, we mm-hmm. have named this trophy the Jeremy Lin Weekly MVP Award in honor of what Lin was able to do over just a couple of weeks. Helped um, kind of save the spirits of that New York Knicks team. Helped kind of turn things around in a sense for the Knicks. And they were able to still, you know, make the playoffs and be competitive. Um, but for this week's MVP, I've written it down. We've locked it in. We'll go ahead and officially congratulate uh, the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox. I'll show why we've got it written in there. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, I also did post a picture of the trophy itself. So now if you want to see it, you can see it on the Instagram account. Um, But congratulations to Aaron and the beam team themselves. Uh, They get honored as they should with De'Aaron Fox and his name on the trophy. De'Aaron, if you want to fly out here, it's not too far, Sacramento to Utah. It's not, it's not too far away. Uh, fly out and you know you can hold on to the trophy for the week but you'll need to bring it back next monday uh for our next mvp uh to to win and be awarded so congratulations again to him shout out to all these players who had great weeks and uh it'll be exciting to see who uh is in the running next week um for this award this is one of my favorite things that we do with the show um Let's real quick, I'll give you the this day in history fact before we get into wrapping up today's show. So this day in history for February 6th, this comes from 1970. Uh, February 6th of 1970, Buffalo was granted an NBA franchise to be called the Braves. Cleveland was granted a franchise to be called the Cavaliers. And Portland was granted a franchise to be called the Trailblazers. So three-team NBA expansion official on this day. Uh, the Buffalo Braves, of course, later moved to San Diego to become the Clippers. And after that, they would move to Los Angeles, uh, where they have stayed ever since. So three uh, NBA teams with, you know, solid legacies, all of their own, uh, joined the NBA on this day. Uh, let's see, 53 years ago. Man, that's wild. That's Sorry. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's our This Day in History fact. Um as far as tomorrow's show, we're going to do what we normally do on Tuesdays as far as, you know, summarize Monday's action, give you the latest news, and then we'll talk the latest as far as the award races for MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, things like that. Um, so that's coming up next. If you want to see the schedule for the next few weeks, we have posted that as well as the, on the Instagram account. With this week being pretty busy, trade deadline, All-Star Weekend in a couple weekends, Um Thought it'd be helpful to provide a schedule so you have more of an insight as to what we're planning for these next couple of weeks. Um, I believe that is everything. Why is there anything that you wanted to touch on before we uh, wrap things up? Uh, just keep listening, guys. Uh, especially this week, like with the trade deadline coming up, you're gonna want to hear news on what's happening with with all of the you know trade rumors and finalized action there, and 
you know, be excited to see some of these new teams play. Excited to see Kyrie and the new Mavericks as they, as they, uh, you know, have their debut and the Nets as well. It'll be interesting to see how things turn up for them. So exciting time to be a basketball fan. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a crazy week and then that'll be followed by a a fun weekend. We'll get into the all-star festivities. I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, you know, this week in particular, seeing LeBron, you know, chase history, that's going to be something that all of us, all of us are going to be paying attention to. So um, I'll ditto what Wyatt said. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Um, And we'll be back with you on tomorrow's show.